That is Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And got a lot going on this week. I'll be at Common Grounds on uh, Friday. That's going to be fun. Do a live show. Get ready for Baylor at Iowa State. And uh, it's always fun to have this man on. First, I might remind you, this is our Where Are They Now segment. Fiber Collision Center is a GM, Nissan, FCA, Kia, Subaru, Ford, and Hyundai certified repair facility. Plus, they house the equipment to repair the Ford F-Series aluminum body vehicles. 1515 LaSalle Avenue in Waco or at BieberCollisionCenter.com. And by Myatt Fuels, your local choice for fuel delivery. You call, they haul. All right, it is our Where Are They Now uh, athlete this, this week is Randy Grimes. Baylor, great, played to center position extremely well. Randy, welcome to the Matt Mosley Show. It's fun to be talking to you. Sick of bears, and obviously <laughs> you know where I am because I'm on the phone with you, right? <laughs> I do. I do know where you are. Uh, sometimes we can track you down in the Houston area, but you've been doing speeches all around, and we're on the Baylor campus here recently. Randy, we need you Saturday uh, against uh, that, that we need you in the stands. That Iowa State matchup that is going to be a tussle. Those corn-fed youngsters, the Cyclones, they can do some damage. So, uh, Randy, we uh, we really need you back on the Baylor campus at McLean on Saturday. Yeah, well, hey, you don't know how much I wish I was back out on that field. Every time I'm I'm at that field, I just uh, I wish I was down on the turf and. And back in some of those contests, and and yeah, Baylor, they you know they 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 really haven't been tested this year, uh, so this is going to be uh, this is going to be a real a real match for them, and uh, I'm 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 excited to see what's going to happen, how they're going to respond, uh, how some of these key players are going to are going to uh, how, how they're going to show up, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. It's going, to, it's going to tell us a lot, I think, about the year. And I think one of the things that we've liked so far is the O-line's playing better. It has to be pleasing to your eye to see that. this uh, Another Grimes, by the way, this offensive coordinator, came from BYU, this wide zone. Um, it seems like the, the linemen have to be in unison. They're all moving. They're protecting, you know, and they're opening up those cutback lanes. What is that kind of what you're seeing, Randy? And I know we have, you hadn't gotten to see a lot of this new offensive coordinator, but in the brief uh, game uh, action we've seen this season, is what what stands out to you about what Baylor's trying to accomplish? Well, and I think the whole season rides on how the offensive line. I think I think that holds true with, with any team, you know, in football. I think I think the important the offensive linemen are the most important guys in there. And to spread this offense out like they're doing and giving the running backs and quarterbacks the option of cutting back or looking backside, you know, it just it opens up the whole field instead of just trying to, to clear one hole open and, and, and trying to clear out a, a tunnel there. You know, you, you've got so many different lanes on the backside that you could, that you could choose from. So I, I like that. I like that option. I like, I like what it can do with play action off that and I think it just opens up the whole offense so hopefully they get that down hopefully the offensive linemen understand how important it is to 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 make those backside blocks and to get up on that second level and take care of all that trash that's coming across the field and uh, it, it's it's going to be exciting stuff uh, 
if they do get it down, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun offense to watch. Yeah, and it, you know it takes a center kind of like you to call out all the protections and call out what they're doing, and, and that's a really interesting watching those assignments. That Zay Newman has matured a lot, really good lineman. I think this line has gotten a lot better. Talking to Randy Grimes, Baylor great, Tampa Bay great. Take us back, Randy, if you would, to your recruitment. It's been a few years now. But, um, you know, yeah, whether it was Coach Lane or, right. <laughs> or Coach Taff, I mean, what was your first point of contact um, with with Baylor? And uh, and I'm always interested, like, who else was involved? In, in, uh, and you, did you think about going somewhere else, or did you decide fairly quickly that Baylor was the place for you? Well, it's, it's kind of a crazy story because Coach Lane recruited me, but – he found me by recruiting somebody else that I played with, a guy named Kent Townsend, who wound up coming to Baylor, played defensive end for us. And uh, so they were there to watch Kent. Uh, Kent was a great high school player. We also had a, a nose guard named Andy Lacey, who wound up going to TCU. But they were also there looking for me. And, and because of that, they, they discovered me or – they thought that if they could get me to come to Baylor, then maybe Kent would come also. So it worked out really good. That's exactly what happened. Andy wound up going to TCU. Uh, I, I went my, I went for my visit at Baylor, and it, and it was over. Once I met Coach Taft, I had already been to uh, Rice and, uh, and um, uh, uh, Arkansas. And once I, once I met Coach Taft, it, it was over. And I already had a sister up there. So that had a lot to do with it. And, you know, I was already a good Southern Baptist and wanted to make my mama proud anyway. So Baylor was a natural, was a natural choice. And, and man, you talk about some of the great athletes that I met on my recruiting trip, you know, the Singletaries and, and Doak Field. And, and, and of course, Walter was there. And, uh, you know, there were some great players my, my freshman year. Uh, a lot of those guys went off and played in the league for a long time. So, uh, you know, it was a real honor to even be invited by Coach Taft for a scholarship and, and to get up there and contribute. I, I was lucky enough to make the travel team my, my freshman year. And, uh, you know, I, was, I, was, I got to play in some of those kicking situations. But, you know, just by, by being with the team and, and watching Keith Bishop and watching Buzzy Nelson, you know, I learned – I learned uh, a lot about college football, and I grew up a lot that freshman year because of that. I would say getting your first crack at trying to block Singletary had to be kind of that aha moment, like, oh, wow, this is a little different (laughs) level. Do you remember the first time you ever squared off with him in, in practice? Oh, my gosh. That's all I ever did was square off with him. I would get down there in the corner, and Corky Nelson would, Corky Nelson would drag me down there and just make me go play after play after play against Singletary. You can ask Keith Crawford. I mean, he was uh, he was the train or the manager for the team, but he also helped out Corky in all his drills. And he can tell you, man, it was just a it was a bloodbath down there. And you know, Singletary broke four helmets in his career, and two of those were on me. <laughs> so when it, whenever I get in trouble and I tell my wife I've had a lot of blows in the, to the head, I can't help it. You know, that usually works. 
<laughs> well, that, you all had some great linemen that came in there, but your first quarterback that you were snapping to would that have been uh, would that have been Jay Jeffrey when you first got yeah, there? Been, right. Uh-huh. Okay. Jay. And 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 man, what a what a great job running the option. He could do, you know, McElhaney, we were talking about that recently, got a lot of attention because of the Pony Express and all that. But, boy, Jay could run that thing as well as anybody. He could. And, you know, the great thing about Jay is that he was confident in the huddle. And as an offensive lineman, when you want to come back and see somebody in control, that was one of the things that I knew that Brady brought to the Buccaneers this year was that confidence and that air of, uh, you know, that, 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 the game's never over, and if he could instill that in those young Buccaneer players, you know, then they were going to be a great team, and look what happened. So, you know, now they have that confidence, and they're champions, and they know what it takes to win, and that they're never out of the game, and, you know, that's that's kind of like we were. Uh, that's kind of what Jay brought to the huddle, and, and, and even Brandon, you know, to a certain degree had that, and I, I think that was because of Cotton Davidson. You know, he, he instilled that in his players. We, our, our, our coaching staff that we had didn't, doesn't get enough credit. You know, we had some great coaches. I had a great offensive line coach in John O'Hara. And, uh, you know, that made me the player that I am. I, I wouldn't have been drafted where I was had it not been for him and, and the things that I learned at Baylor and, and the competition and, and all those drills that I had to do against Singletary and <laughs> Gary Don Johnson and Campbell. And, you know, it, it's uh, that, that made me a better center. It made me a pro center. Talking to Randy Grimes, Baylor great on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN, Central Texas. What was that, um, you know, the weight rooms weren't quite as extravagant as they are now back in the day. Now, my dad played during the late 60s, and I think it was just, maybe just had a few free weights around. Was, um, was, did your time overlap with Bob Fix? The reason I know, I remember him, he waved the towel, and then I went to Grant Taft football camp, and you could not forget Coach Fix, he was uh, <laughs> he was quite a character, a and <laughs> I think was, he went uh, off he and lived with sitting, yeah. He was either Sitting Bull or uh, Crazy Horse. He was either one of those reincarnated, and he'd be the first <laughs> to tell you that too. <laughs> you remember he he would go with Native Americans or or different tribes and go through some of their actual ceremonies and. I didn't know, I know where to be- know. believe him or and not, God but he knows would do what yeah. those ceremonies were. You know, do we think maybe some peyote was involved? <laughs> it would it would have had to have been, but I know uh, my first strength coach was Coach Barrows. I don't know if you remember him or not, uh, but I think I had him my first maybe year and a half, and then Coach Fix came in, and of course that changed everything in the in the weight room how we trained and what we trained with and how much we trained. And it, it was, uh, that was, that was kind of eye opening too, because I didn't at that point before him, I didn't realize how important the weight room was. You know, I thought all the work was done on the football field and that's only half of it. So, uh, yeah, when coach fix came in there, it was a whole nother game. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for everything that he brought, but he was a wild man. And he was a motivator too, you know. That, that was a guy that I mean, when somebody's telling you that they're that they are uh, sitting bulls reincarnated, and you you have to believe him. 
because uh, he, he, uh, he, he fit that mold for sure. Yeah, and he just had that look about him uh, with that bald head, kind of that Mr. Clean look. Now, did the did the Addicts brothers come in kind of as you were finishing up? Did did you got, did you all have some crossover? Because I, I remember one of those guys, maybe it was Mark, was benching at the time something insane like 565 or 580. You know, it was just some kind of amount that was just startling to us back then was that were were you leaving as those guys were coming into the program well see i was there with mark most of his time so yeah okay. I, I, I watched mark and how strong he was and i don't remember you remember a guy named pat Corey yet yeah yeah uh, i do that 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 guy he, he was just insanely strong and that was probably one of the first guys i really saw that was just crushing bench presses and stuff like that but, you know, we had a lot of strong guys on that team. And, uh, you know, Roy Smythe. And there, there was a lot of guys that that the weight room had already been introduced to them while they were in high school. So they, they were a little further along than some of us were. I mean, I came from Tyler Lee, and all we had was like a universal gym in the middle of the, weight, uh, in the, middle of the locker room. So even, even as bad as Baylor was back then, as far as their weight room and their equipment and all that, you know, it was still a big step up for me back from where I was in high school. So, you know, I, 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 like I said, I learned a lot from Coach Fix. I learned a lot from those guys watching them. I, I learned the lifts that were important and the ones that would help me be a better center and a football player. And that's what we focused on. And, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't do a lot of the, of the show stuff. Yeah, talking to Randy Grimes, former Baylor great at center, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Isn't that wild how many of you guys came out of Tyler Lee and, and both Tyler schools, uh, high schools at the time, starting kind of in that mid to late 70s, early 80s. I mean, it, it's uh, when you start kind of going over it, and you, all you got to do is go down to see the Heisman Trophy that came out of Austin uh, uh, via Tyler. It's it is. It, I mean, do you ever just marvel at, how much talent uh, Randy came out of that air, that one area? Uh, yeah, and it, it seems like it was just that era, too, for a little while. It was like uh, started with Earl and, and Ronnie Lee and all those great players that came off uh, Corky Nelson's John Tyler team. And then, you know, there were some great Robert E. Lee players that eventually mm-hmm. – got in the mix and uh people from my class and and even john tyler you know uh from my class was was a good recruiting class so there was a lot of great players and even to this day i mean look at all the great athletes that have come out of east texas and uh uh, it's uh there's something good in the water up there that's for sure (laughs) randy how many uh different head coaches did you have at tampa bay starting in 83 you were there 83 to 92 man most people these days right, they don't right. nobody five, yeah. five head coaches in 10 years <laughs> and i had six different offensive line coaches in 10 years and probably about 10 different quarterbacks we were a revolving door of players coaches front office people i always said you know there's no way we're going to win because we never got any consistency going i had a new playbook in front of me Every other year, it seems like, and there was just no consistency at all. And, uh, you know, we needed to change everything from our logo to the pencils, you know, with the writing on it because we were just snake bit. And sure enough, when they did all that, they, they finally won a Super Bowl in 2002. And uh, um, they came a long way when the Glazers bought the fa- bought the team. Yeah, I, I would uh, 
I would say so. I mean, it did, now did you was was Coach McKay still there right when you got there, or I mean, because he was with them what, when they were an expansion team, right? Yeah, yeah. He drafted me in '83, and he was there for that season and the next. And then Lehman Bennett came in. You know, I don't know if you remember Lehman Bennett coached for the Falcons for a while, but he was selling okay. RVs when we hired him. <laughs> and uh, so he came in for uh, for a couple years, and then of course Coach uh, Perkins came in, and that's when that Junction Boy mentality came in. We started three a days, and you know, practically beating the hell out of each other all week, and hopefully we had enough left in the tank to play on Sunday. But that was that mentality then with him, that Bear Bryant, you know, mode. And then uh, Richard Williamson took us over for a year. And then, of course, Sam Weish was my last uh, head coach, and he was, the one, he was the one that ultimately fired me, too. Yeah, by the way, you see Brian Kelly tried to use that great old John McKay line recently, and he butchered it. And he, he, they gave him some heck for it. The old, the old game Which they said. One? The one uh, they, about the team execution? Yeah, I said, what did you think of your team's execution? He, I think uh, McKay's famous line was, I'm in favor of it. He said, I'm all for it, right. <laughs> I'm all for it. But, but Brian Kelly tried to, like, come out after that one game recently, and he said, I'd like to execute every player on my team. And he just he butchered the <laughs> yeah. thing. I think, I think he goes to jail for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and everybody was like, rookies, rookies, rookies. They, they don't know. <laughs> People that didn't know the, the, the joke were just like, he just said he wanted to kill all of his players. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't quite understand it. Well, Randy, I tell you, these, um, uh, you're doing some amazing things in the area of uh, addiction. And, and I, I, you know, I really wanted to talk about a lot of the Baylor stuff because I know you go on the road, you talk about it, but I hated not to at least bring it up that what you do with professional athletes and helping them as they transition. Um, when you said Sam Weiss said your career was over, I I read this recently. Your last couple of years, you felt like you were you could barely even sort of remember some of the games because they had you so hopped up on pain meds and that kind of. Thing. It's hard for anybody to to fathom that kind of thing. But but that's basically the way I've heard you explain it, Randy, is that it was almost like a a, a blackout situation. Like you would get home and take a nap and, and not really remember anything about the game. That I would think that even at the time that had to be pretty scary. That that yeah, and, and you know, that's that's something I've only recently started talking about. But you know, I was that guy willing to do whatever I had to do to stay out on the field and you know, I was not going to get the reputation of always being on the injury report or always missing practice or always back in the training room. You know, the, one of the first conversations I ever had in the pros was with Leroy Selman. He had a locker right next to me. And the first thing I learned about pro football is that it wasn't a game anymore. It was now a job. And the second thing I learned was you do whatever you have to to stay out on that field because if you're not in your position, somebody else will be. So, you know, that meant for me taking handfuls of pain pills every day and practicing through those three-a-day practices. And, and uh, you know, back then the mentality was if you don't practice hard, you're not going to play hard. So we literally did just beat the crap out of each other all week. And so there was a lot of injuries sustained while, while we were practicing. And so, you know, my, my solution to that was taking handfuls of pain pills every day and then handfuls of sleeping pills at night to get – get to sleep through the throbbing pain and you know i looked at it like a like a necessary evil instead of what it really was and that was a full-blown addiction and yeah 
it progressed to the point where the last two years of my career, I was playing games in complete blackouts. You know, I would be home on the couch late at night, 10, 11 o'clock at night after a one o'clock Sunday football game played either at home or on the road somewhere. And I'd start coming to, you know, I'd start, I'd be all beat up and scratched up and dehydrated and fingernails all torn up and everything that you are after an NFL football game. I didn't remember any of it. And here I was a center. I was getting guys going in the right direction. I was, uh, I was changing blocking schemes after audibles. I had to remember the snap count. You know, I was the quarterback of the offensive line doing all this stuff and doing it in a blackout. And, uh, you know, the, I always played good though. You know, I'd have to wait and watch it the next day on film with everybody else to see how I played because I didn't remember any of it, but I always played good. And that kept people from asking me, Randy, why are you slurring your words? Or Randy, why are you nodding off in meetings? Or Randy, why are you late to practice every day? You know, I never got those questions because I was always playing good. Yeah, I could see. And once you start taking enough of them, you build up the tolerance. And uh, it's like putting on some icy hot or whatever is not going to do the trick. I mean, you know, it, it just it takes more and more. And, and – uh, uh, when you finally got clean, I I, I, I mean, it, it, I know that happened in 2009. I, I am kind of right. curious, after that, um, and you worked on yourself, and you got, I mean, what, did you, did you transition, like, even now, do you take natural, I mean, I've had a bad bicycle injury, and I'm, I try to use, like, that Arnica cream, you know, some of that natural kind of stuff to see if maybe that would help me, so the opiates don't take over so to speak do you right is that is that kind of thing helpful to you at all now or do you even avoid that kind of stuff too no i mean anything natural like that of course is okay um you know obviously in moderation but you know i just know that opiates any kind of narcotic is 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 not something that i can do you know i can't take anything as directed i'm not i'm not wired that way so i know i have to stay away from that stuff uh you know, they have a saying that one is too many and a thousand's never enough, and that applies to people like me. But there's a certain amount of pain that I have to live with daily. You know, I've still got the injuries that I had while I played in the league. But then again, I got a lot of them fixed. You know, I had a knee replaced. I had the other knee worked on. I had some neck surgery done. So uh, a lot of the things that were causing me problems after I left the game, I went and I had them addressed. But there's also a certain amount of pain that I just have to live with. And that's what I tell people. But you know what the crazy thing is, is after I got sober and I got all those opiates out of me and all those benzodiazepines, those sleeping pills out of me, a lot of a lot of the little nitpicky pains went away on their own. You know, it was kind of like stuff that I had built up in my brain over years and years and years of, 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 of pain pill abuse that, that, you know, ways that I justified taking the pills every day. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of like back when I was uh, when I was getting them in the in the league, you know, we I was getting them from trainers and, and getting it from uh, from team doctors. And and we had a uh, we had a, a drug safe that was always open so you could just go get them yourself. That was that was the culture back then. So that, I justified it back then. But when I didn't have all that after I left the game, when I didn't have all those ways to justify it, that's when everything spiraled out of control. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There's a certain amount of pain I, now that I just have to live with. 
you do a great job with the uh, uh, helping folks, and, and you've turned it into your life's work. And, and uh, I've seen some of these pictures, Randy, by the way, some of these speaking engagements. These are some pretty nice suits. I mean, these look like custom <laughs> suits that you're putting on here. Uh, well, you're not you're getting those off the rack. As I am, you have to take <laughs> buy them off the rack, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, these you are you these are go nice. To Omar, the tent maker, to get your suits. <laughs> well, listen, I look forward to we do the pregames out there for Baylor football, and so look, you know, next time you do come to a game, would love to get to meet you in person. By the way, I grew up in Kaufman, Texas. And the McKinney family, Jody crazy. McKinney, in a small yeah, world, huh? yeah, they, they, yeah, I mean, they bragged my, on my you, like, a shout out. yeah, yeah, Jody, you know, hear about it. James Larry used to be a heck of a church. So I don't remember seeing him at church much, but he was a great church softball player. I shouldn't say that he came to church, but he would, That's he could drop, crazy. he could drop the ball in anywhere. I mean, he just had a good, he could place the ball anywhere he wanted. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, all the girls, and uh, Joni was close to my age, and she was a great friend to this day. So, uh, yeah, they were always very, very proud of you, so it's kind of neat to get to talk to you finally. Well, I appreciate this opportunity. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for thinking of me. You bet. There he goes, Randy Grimes, Baylor great, and uh, doing some really, really great things with his life and helping others who uh, – our fighting addiction out there. We appreciate Randy in his time. And that's our Where Are They Now? We found him. He's in Houston. He's not that far away.